Hey, Peter. Hey. What do leprechauns, unicorns, the Loch Ness Monster, and the Bebop scale have in common? Uh, none of them exist. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Real talk from two plates. <laughs> Real talk from two plates. <laughs> I, I had to look at my that's, notes. It's the day two. sounds like, is this a, is this a, a sports podcast? Uh, Real talk. talk from two plates. Hey, you know what? I'm still workshopping it, man. Come on. <laughs> this is what keeps people coming back. They want to know what the what the latest. So that's what keeps people coming back. Okay, that... we're gonna do we're gonna do a new segment because oh, I know you love segments. I, love, I do love. After I do the current um, Namaker, I'm not a fan of new segments. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, after I do our current catchphrase, our you know little thing which there. is again. Real talk from two players. That's what it currently is. <laughs> Love it or leave it, buddy. All right? Um, well, I'm going to give you a little quiz about past ones and see how many you can remember. First of all, what was our very first? Daily Jazz Advice. Coming at you. Coming at you. Daily Jazz Advice. Was Probably our best one, actually. <laughs> well, we stopped being daily. So that was, you know. We stopped being jazz. <laughs> we stopped being jazz. Yeah. Um, anyway. Really, uh, it's not good advice. All of it. Let us go. know in the YouTube comments, please. And look, we had some questions about this. Some folks are like, I'm listening to your podcast in the car. How am I going to let you know in the YouTube comments? Pull out your phone while you put it in cruise control. Pull out your phone. <laughs> Just kidding. Do not do that. Once you get to a computer yeah. or to your Roku or to your mobile device, be it Android, Microsoft phone, or iPhone, go to YouTube. Right find this episode because this is on the YouTube, right? I see video cameras. There is. The yes, it is on the YouTube. Yes. I feel... I feel a little weird in this thing. Oh, you're on. Are you? Are you doing, leaving a comment right now? I am. I'm on YouTube right now. I'm leaving a com- you comment. You can leave a comment even if you don't watch it on the YouTube. But you might want to check out our U- YouTube. You'll hear a channel because it's kind of fun too. Uh, yeah, and go ahead and hit. A, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like or subscribe button. It really helps the channel, and we want to spread the word. But for don't hit the bell. Podcast. And if you're listening on the podcast, rating and review. Peter, we got to get back to that. Do we have That's any right. new reviews? I feel like we do. This is a free podcast. We only ask for it's like a gentleman's agreement. We're asking from folks. Is that what you call that? You don't have to be a gentleman, even. You, you don't have to be no, I'm gentle saying, or we're a man. An agreement that we will continue to give you this. Um, hey, there's some runners going by. No, Peter's. He go. might he <laughs> might leave us here in a minute to go um, run. They that we will provide you with this high quality podcast or whatever we come up with. Our choice for dealer, free. Dealer's choice for free. Yeah. All we ask for in return is a rating review. It doesn't even have to be. Set, no, it does have to be seven stars. We demand it. We yeah. demand seven stars. So when you get a chance, do that. Um, what do we got today? What are we talking so about today? So today we're talking about 12 notes. Yes. But in jazz, you know, we play all the notes. All 12 notes. Right? You're talking about a chromatic scale in the Western Greco-Roman scale. Nope, right? not, not <laughs> Greco-Roman. Uh, what we're talking about really, though, is, is Barry Harris's uh, chromatic scale, which is this beautiful concept. And... Uh, it also dispels this myth of a bebop scale. I was looking through. There's a really great um, uh, music theory reference website that I found last mm. night, and but it had a jazz section, which was perilous. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah. And uh, a main chunk of the jazz section was the bebop scale and the major bebop scale. Right. And these are concepts that I was taught as a young musician, and then had to be untaught and unlearned because it weren't that if you go to the direct sources the bebop musicians didn't play bebop scales they didn't play 
bebop major scales or whatever you want to call it. Is the bebop scale like something you can't unsee? Like you can't unlearn it once you've learned it? Well, you can. Oh, you can. Because the concept is, so so for those of you who don't know, typically a bebop scale is taught like if you have a C7, right? The bebop scale would, you you put a a half step between the root and the seventh, right? And that you do that so that everything, I was told, lines up on the note, right? The non-core tones. Question. Yeah. Is it always... I feel like I've somebody said or I read somewhere... Yeah, so it's eight notes, so it's lining up. But is it also... Well, that's the major bebop scale. Oh. So this is the bebop... And this Sorry, is all wrong, by the way. None of this is real. <laughs> None of the bebop musicians didn't use this. This is good. This is what we like to teach on the You'll Hear It podcast. No, we're, we're setting stuff. it up so that we can teach sort of the real way. So okay. this is all, by the way, inspired by this music theory website, which is a good classical music theory website, but the jazz section was perilous. Also, we have a new video coming out on Open Studios' YouTube channel from Chris Parks, a yes. friend of the show, Chris Parks, who has his own uh, YouTube channel called Things I Learned from Barry Harris. He made a, a YouTube video for us here at Open Studio all about this chromatic scale concept. We're going to link to that video here so that you can see. Uh, it should be just coming out as this podcast is coming out. Um, but... So we were just setting up what the bebop scale is usually taught as. Yep. And we're going to then explain how Barry Harris didn't teach it that way at all, but taught a a sort of what you might consider a a similar concept, but actually is way deeper. Like all things Barry Harris. It's way deeper and has way more applications than you might think. So Very onion-esque with many layers. So it does involve putting chromatic scales between notes of the scale, like, like... putting chord tones and non-chord tones on the beat. Yeah. But it's not just the one. It's not just that. It's available to us in pretty much anywhere that there's a, a, a scale tone or a chord tone. Mm. A, a chord tone and a non-chord tone, it's available to us. So let's just take a major scale, C major scale. Let's do it. So the way that Barry Harris would teach to put chromaticism between chord tones and non-chord tones is you can go chromatic up to the third. Right, because there's a note, chromatic note between C and D, yeah. right, on a C major scale. There's a chromatic note between D and E, and then once you get to here, this is where things kind of go awry because there's no chromatic note between E and F, right, which is the diatonic, right. So what Barry does is have you go up the to the uh, uh, scale note just above F. Mm. So you jump up to G and then back down to F. Mm. Now, there's a chromatic tone between F and G, a chromatic tone between G and A. There's no chromatic tone, or no, there is a chromatic tone between uh, A and B, because you're doing the major. But there's no chromatic tone between B and C, so you you still need another beat, right? Or half a beat. So you go up to the tone above the C. Let me see if I can play what you just, I, I might not have caught it. Exactly. Okay. So, right, so it's like, right, happens in the same path. So anytime, anytime there's a natural chromatic tone between scale tones, you can put it in. Mm. If there's not, if it's a semitone, then you jump up to the scale tone above your target, and it's the same thing going down. Ah. Right? Wait. Play again? Yeah. Ah. So, And this is where you get things like... 
right? So what's brilliant about this is now it doesn't matter what scale you're playing. So let's do a dominant scale. C7, right? So the same rules apply. It's exactly the same. But when you get to that half step between the A and the B flat, you jump up to the scale tone above the B flat, C, and then hit the B flat, and then there's a half step now between B flat and C. And that becomes the passing. And that becomes the Yeah. So that's how, if you were to go down. That's a, a jumping up a little bit more, but the same yeah. concept applies. So you can use this on any scale, like you'd use it on a Dorian scale, right? Can you talk a little bit at this juncture, before you even go on the Dorian, just about your phrasing? Because I notice you are you have an affectation with your phrasing that really fits, especially when you're, yeah, and when it, you come down. It just makes sense, right? I'm exaggerating there, but there is something. Right before, when you're jumping up before you're coming back down. Yeah. But it's important because I think a lot of, like, we we get this. This is such a big part of the bebop feel, Yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, we talk about bebop vocabulary. Folks sometimes get so caught up in the notes, which are obviously important. But the the missing link with it, the missing piece is often the phrasing. So I think ex- accentuating that is going to be so helpful totally. for a lot of folks. Because once you have it, you kind of take it for granted. Right. Right? Because it just automatically comes out. Just like if you learn how to say a sentence, a sentence, and you're emphasizing certain parts to make your point, you don't have to think about it. But as you're learning that, you do have to kind of pay attention when you're learning a foreign language, which Bebop is for everybody. Totally. Uh, the magic of this isn't playing it like all scales. The magic of this is not playing it from C to C, right? The magic of this is playing it in ways that make it uh, musical. Like, uh, you know, Barry might talk about going up the chord, you know, when you get to a chord tone, right? Or doing a pivot, what, what Barry Harris might call a pivot. Uh, Right, something like that. That is where this really comes in handy. It's a way to sort of time out. Yeah, the great thing is too is it's diatonic. So if you have like a two five one in the key of F, right, which is where yeah. we're doing C seven here. Right, the two is just the five, and this is also just the F major scale, the C dominant. Scale. I'm just looking at your sweatshirt right there. Here. The two is just the five. five. So, gotcha. Right. on F, right? Because it's just the F major scale is the C dominant scale. It's the same thing. Yep. It's the same concept. So it's not just about, about putting a half step between the fifth and sixth tones on the major. It's not about putting a half step between the root and the dominant seven on a dominant scale. It's like these half steps can go anywhere, and where they don't fit naturally... You can put that scale tone above, mm. both ascending and descending. It's a beautiful concept. We're going to link to Chris Parks' video. By the way, Chris Parks is doing a lot of teaching over at Open Studio Pro. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, Peter. But Open Studio super, Pro folks love Chris. Um, well, he's just like, I mean, he studied with Barry Harris for decades. He really has all of Barry Harris's concepts right at his fingertips. And he's so uh, clear and concise with how he explains it. I just love this idea because, you know, seeing that, that uh, sort of classical theorists talk about the bebop scale and the major bebop scale yeah. and how, you know, the bebop musicians weren't thinking about that yeah. like that at all. You know what I mean? It's so great. So yeah. great. And I mean, just the fact that um, 
help me with this one more time? Oh, yeah. To be able to play a line, and, and this, we have, you haven't even taken it into like, you know, any kind of like breaks or skips or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But just to play the line straight when it makes so much more musical sense. Right. Every, than some of these other scales. Every scale tone is on the beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a system. It's a little system. It's a little yeah. system. A little Isn't joyful that system. Yeah. It's just a really beautiful little. And now I finally know it. And now you got it. So, and now, based on our episode last time, you're going to take it through all 12 keys. Okay. Exactly. Can you do it descending as well? You oh. do it descending. I don't know if I can do it descending back in C. Is that right? Yeah. Ah. I know you're going to use this because you're such a fan of the chromatic bailout that it's going to come in handy. Of course, the chromatic no, bailout. But in jazz, you know, we play all the notes. 12 notes of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Great stuff, man. Thank you, Adam. You laid this out beautifully. Well, Looking see. forward to the uh, future Chris. The Bebop scale is not a real thing. It's not. Yeah. That's why it sounds like... Beep. <laughs> All right. Till next time. You'll hear it. Steamboat Springs, Colorado, currently. I'm in Indianapolis. Hey, how's it going, guys? Andrew, hi. Because I feel inspired to play something else from your playing. Okay, okay, that's great. <laughs> I think using the metronome is a great tool, but it's not the only tool. All of the answers are really in the music. What does it mean to live in a groove, be in a groove? Until next time, happy practicing.